What's good, fam? This is your boy Dijon, and this is how to be a motherfucking legend. Yeah! This is the place to be for inspiration and the realization of your full creative potential. Uh huh. Each episode, we're gonna be sharing tips uh. and insights to help you unlock the greatness that is already inside of you. Okay. All right, it is the next episode of How to Be a Motherfucking Legend, and in my living room right now is Sydney Campos. Thanks for being here. I'm already cracking up. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) I think this moment has been a long time coming. Sydney and I synchronistically became roommates like almost a year ago, a little less than a year ago. We just had Tribe that brought us together, and we've been friends, and... I recently took her excellent coaching program, which is, what is that called? Alignment activation. Alignment activation. So we're going to be concise, so we're not going to explain what that is now. But afterwards, if you feel called to connect with Sydney after you feel the energy that she shares, (laughs) we'll tell you how to do that. So Sydney recently wrote a book called The Empath Experience. And in it, she shared her story of overcoming addiction, among other things. And it's a really powerful story. So I just wanted to have you on to share your experience. Thank you, Dijon. Yeah, it's beautiful to be here with you. And it's been, I think, one of the most transformative years of my entire life, just Mm. this past year. And I've experienced a lot of transformation in my life. But this past year has been like, wow, just such incredible growth. And um, really beautiful to share that this timeline, this journey with you here in LA. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah. like right now I know you do coaching and you lead a group mm-hmm. programs and you just inspire people to be the best versions mm-hmm. of themselves, but you came from somewhere else. Like you had to overcome your own demons. Yeah. And I would love to hear kind of what your experience was like through the darkness and how mm-hmm. you made your way out of it. Yeah, you know, wow. Well, I mean, we were just talking a little bit earlier and I was telling you this memory that I had recently. It was really funny. Um, talk about contrast, you know, like where I am now and where, um, where I could say where it all began, but that's a, a much longer story, I would say. But I'll share this memory. You know, I was having a memory recently um, of a time, if you could imagine, you know, wow. I was about 14 years old. I was, grew up in San Francisco in the middle of the city in the Lower Haight. Had, you know, super beautiful, like, hippie parents. And yet, I was, like, never home. I was never home. You know, as soon as I kind of grew up and was able to be out of the house and do my own thing, I was out all the time. And I, I found very quickly um, drugs and alcohol as a way to really help me numb my very intensely sensitive, psychic, and emotional experience, which I didn't have words to describe at the time. But in hindsight, I can I can tell you know that's exactly what I was doing. I was mm. really trying to um, escape what were at the time really really scary emotions that I was afraid of feeling. I felt I felt such depths of like anxiety. I mean, I felt everything. My book is called The Empath Experience: What to Do When You Feel Everything because that was my life. I felt everything, and I was terrified. Mm. I felt so overwhelmed, you know. And so, anyways. Um, If you can imagine, 14-year-old Sydney hanging out in Dolores Park, or DP as we used to call it, in the Bay. Um, And I was hanging out with all these friends that I had amassed, you know, uh, who were from a bunch of different schools around the city. And we were hanging out, circled up, like smoking a blunt. And um, 
at one point I hit the blunt and I was like, this, t- this like is different. What's going on here? And someone who I was hanging out with was like, oh, I just put a little crack in it. <laughs> just sprinkle a little crack in the blunt <laughs> just for a little extra, extra. And, uh, you know, I just remember, I remember that it's not often that I remember these times, you know, cause I'm so far removed from that space. But, you know, at that time I was also like, going around on drug deals and I was also having friends shot and killed for selling ecstasy which I was doing all the time whenever I could get my hands on it Mm. and you know I was experiencing people in my life who I partied with at that time being killed like in their front their front door just in a drive-by and so I was around a lot of um, really dangerous kind of precarious situations which I frankly kind of sought out you know like I part of my experience at that time in my life was I was really disconnected from myself you know, having learned at a young age to really focus my energy on what I thought other people needed to feel good so that then, you know, assuming they felt good, I could then feel good too. You know, I really was disconnected from my own emotional experience and my own identity. And so, especially in high school, which if, you know, everybody kind of has a hard time, I would say in high school, it's extremely awkward and we're all like growing and going through puberty and feeling stuff and just, you know, and that was one of the most difficult times in my life. I was so lost from myself and I really sought out all these different identities and I sought out a lot of very extreme expressions of different identities um, to kind of try them on and see what, I mean, I don't really know. It's kind of hard to give words to, I guess, but I just, I look at that time in my life as a a time of really seeking, you know, seeking kind Mm. of the depths. Uh, One way to say it might be, you know, I was seeking the depths of, yeah, like extremism, like almost extreme expressions and like extreme expressions of even danger um, in that way, you know, or like just wanted to experience the depths of what life had to offer. And that manifested in some pretty shadowy, dark ways at the time. But in hindsight, I can see that I was just seeking. I was really seeking to find out like, who am I? Why am I here? And drugs and alcohol were also a means for me to explore that, even if they were also used as an escapism at the time. Mm. Yeah, I totally understand that. And mm. thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, I personally went to a Christian private preparatory school and we were like super brainwashed. So I wasn't really into like heavier things until college, but I had the same experience starting in college. You know, I lived a very unconscious, um, drug filled party filled life until I was around like 29 or 30. And then I finally was like, wait, I've been like wasting so much time. Like I don't even remember half the experiences that I've had. I've just been kind of like sleepwalking through them. And Hmm. there were certain things that brought me to an awareness that like my rock bottom moments. So I'm curious for you, like how long were you kind of on that trajectory? And then what was the inflection point where Hmm. you were like kind of started to snap out of it and take a different direction Mm. to where you are now. Yeah, there's many moments. Um, You know, I I started drinking when I was 14. I did a whole bunch of different, all sorts of different stuff for probably like 10 years. And it was a really like intense time in which I would definitely identify myself as an alcoholic and an addict throughout that period. And uh, one of my first awakening moments along that journey actually happened really young when I was 17. And one of my best friends, who was really a sister, was the first person to tell me that I had a drinking problem and that she couldn't be around me when I was drinking, which was all the time. (laughs) And that really woke me up. 
you know, the first person that I really loved who was seeing what I was doing to myself and, you know, blacking out and just doing really, um, putting myself in danger in some pretty serious ways. And at that point I was already, you know, being arrested and, and things like that. And, um, you know, and that really woke me up. And I went to an AA meeting actually when I was 17 for the first time. But I went to that meeting and I felt like, wait a minute, I'm really young. I need to go to college and have fun. So I don't think it's that bad yet, you know? And I was, re I really at that moment felt like I was breaking my own heart because I was in that moment choosing to like not, I was choosing to let go of my best friend in the entire world and choosing instead this identity in which I felt safe, in which I felt like I just, I had to, there's no way that I could picture my life without drinking or without partying. Cause otherwise I didn't know who I was or what I was gonna, what I was gonna do. <laughs> and then, um, you know, so I carried on with that uh, for the next couple of years. And then I would say my rock bottom moment. And again, there were one of many, <laughs> there are many moments. I'm stubborn, <laughs> I'm a stubborn soul. Me too. Stubborn soul, you know, it's like universe, what's that saying? It's like, you know, God's going to send you a little storm. If you don't hear the yeah. storm, you're going to get a tornado. If you yeah. don't hear that, you're going to get pushed <laughs> off the cliff. It's my, like... <laughs> uh, my, my personal phrase is the universe whispers, but if you don't listen, it'll raise its voice. Yeah, and it's going to like slap you across the face, yeah. you know, and that was what it took for me to wake up. And mm. I'm so grateful. You know, my, you know, one of the, the biggest awakening moments for me was, um, being in therapy, you know, I was, and this will give you an idea of like the double life I was leading at this time. I was like 24 years old, maybe about to turn 24. And I was really uh, suffering greatly. I was living in New York City. I, by all outside appearances, you would think I had it made. And certainly in my social media communication, you would think I like was living the life, you know, because I was really convinced that if I just looked good enough and if everyone else thought that I looked good, maybe I could feel good. Maybe I would feel okay. You know, and uh, and I was deeply suffering inside, feeling like I had no idea what I was doing here on this planet. I had no idea what my purpose was. I had no idea, like, why am I alive? And um, I was having panic attacks on the street. I think I told you about this last time we hung out. I was having panic panic attacks on the street because I was doing so much cocaine and drinking all the time. I was going to a full-time job, but that wasn't enough to kind of satisfy my thirst for extremism and all of these different forms of expression that were helping me really just release all this energy I was withholding, right? And so at night, I was, you know, even into having a full-time job at night, like a couple days a week, I was stripping and escorting. And I was doing that like heavily intoxicated. And so eventually I go to the therapist because my poor parents were getting phone calls from me having these panic attacks where I'd call them and they had no idea what I was doing. They thought I just had a job and I was like doing my thing in New York. They had no idea, but I would call them freaking out, like walking across the street and just feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my life means. You know, so you can imagine they were pretty worried about me and they sent me to therapy. And I thought I was going to therapy to have someone help me with my career. That's really what I, I was in such denial and so addicted and committed to upholding this front of like maintaining my appearance that I literally was in therapy asking this person for support and, you know, navigating my career path. So eventually, long story short, again, I am, um, I'm in this session with her a few sessions in and I finally tell, for whatever reason, I had a God moment in which I finally told her the truth and I had never told anybody the truth about everything that I was doing at that time. Mm -hmm. and in that moment I saw the look in her eyes like looking back at me and I just felt such a piercing energy 
unlike anything I had ever felt, which I, I feel is the presence of grace. Mm. And I saw almost, I saw myself like looking back at me in the mirror and mm. I really saw, it was like my soul screaming at me, you know, like you're going to die if you keep doing this, mm. you're going to die. And upholding this front is just, that's going to just kill you on its own because of how much energy that's taking to maintain. So that was the moment, not that immediate moment, but soon after I got sober and I started taking care of myself and that's really where my journey began. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. You're a warrior. Mm -hmm. Mm. I see you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's such a powerful story of survival and grace and now knowing who you are, you know, you're somebody who... I look to for alignment activation, you know, and you're a pillar in our community and you're on book tours and you're just like modeling vibrant aligned way of being, you know? So I'm sure you have tons of things that you could suggest for people to do to take care of themselves and to lift themselves out of the same position. And maybe you could share like one of your most potent self-love, self-care practices right Mm -hmm. now. And then also let people know how they could connect with you further if they want to. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, you know, it's simple. It's like the stuff that I've learned that's like the most effective, like the most effective practices and tools that have like helped me connect with myself and love myself and feel more liberated. It's like they're simple things, you know, and they but they require commitment. They require commitment to really integrate and you know, so if you're resonating with anything that you're you're hearing right now, no matter where you are, whether you're, you know, just feeling anxiety, feeling lost, feeling disconnected from your purpose, just wanting to feel more aligned, wanting to feel more at peace, really, you know, I think we can all use a little bit more peace and presence and connection in our lives. Uh-huh. You know, why else are we here? And so, you know, to cultivate more of all of the above, the most powerful practice I could suggest and really invite you into is... Um, it's so simple and it's something that I call, you know, connect to self and it sounds simple, but it requires a commitment and it requires an urgency to really, really receive the benefit of this. And all it is, is set a timer on your phone for every 20 minutes, you know, and have that timer go off and remind you to, you know, take a deep, deep breath into your heart, connect with yourself, connect with your own energy, connect with your spirit your soul, your higher self, your inner child, whatever energy that you connect with that really helps plug you into your essence, to your heart, to your soul. Take a couple deep breaths. And then just ask yourself, even in silence, connecting with this energy, asking yourself, what is it that I need in this moment to feel my best? What is it that I need to feel supported? How can I support myself? How can I give myself what I need right now to thrive? And really listen and become aware of how your higher consciousness, how your soul, how your truth makes itself known to you. Really listen. That voice may communicate to you through words, through pictures, through feeling. So make this a practice. And as you receive guidance, this is your intuition speaking to you through good feelings. As you receive that guidance, it is essential that you take action immediately and don't delay, don't wait. Give yourself what you need immediately. And the more you practice this moment by moment, you will feel, I mean, not only alignment and, you know, more synchronicity in your life, but I mean, really, you'll just deepen your connection with yourself and and deepen into so much self-love. 
um, and gratitude, really. You know, this is such an esteem-building practice. And I'll tell you, at the beginning, when I first started this practice, it wasn't easy for me. And it can bring up a lot. It can bring up a lot of worthiness issues. It can bring up a lot of shame or guilt. It can bring up all sorts of different things, you know? So I just encourage you to stay with it. And the more that you stay committed to this practice, again, however simple it may seem to you, really do it until this could become your default way of being. And imagine what life is like when lived in that moment-to-moment series of just listening, listening and giving yourself what you need, feeling supported, honoring your desires. Imagine what life is like when you live that way. (sighs) (sighs) And the the last thing I want to say there is, you know, when you're in that practice, like the thing I get really excited about is how you just in embodying your higher self, right? And embodying your, your beauty, your love, and just radiating like your essence, right? Through really just honoring your desires fully and completely, being so joyful and so satisfied, so abundant. Imagine how much of an invitation you are just in your presence, just in your being, independent of anything you do or create or independent of any action, just how you show up, the energy you share. You are an invitation for other people to receive healing, to receive a reflection of what's possible for them without, without even saying anything, you know? So that's what I get really excited about is like, you know, wow, everyone can be an invitation just in being, being more you, feeling more fulfilled, you know, showing up in your life that way. Mm. Thank you so much, Sydney. The frequency of this room is definitely different. Uh, <laughs> And I appreciate it. And I'm sure that everyone listening can feel that too. I hope that you had a chance to be still and really like close your eyes and go deep to really like feel the vibration that she's sharing. And if you didn't, then, you know, I invite you to listen again when you're not driving, when you can just really take it in. And if you want to connect with Sydney further, she has a website, sydneycampos.com. And I believe you're at Sydney Campos on Instagram. Anywhere else, anything else you would like people to know? or? Yeah, I think you got it all. I do retreats. I'm hosting a retreat over New Year's in Bali, which is so exciting. It's called Transform and Transcend. And, uh, and I'm going on book tour all over the place. You can find that at the-empath-experience.com. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right, fam. That's this week's episode of How to Be a Motherfucking Legend. <laughs> we keep it 100 over here. Peace. I so appreciate you being here. If you enjoy the energy that we are creating and building, share it with the homies. Take a screenshot, post it on your Instagram stories. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. Really, those five-star reviews are really going to help this get to more people. Just let people know about it. And if you ever want help going deeper into yourself, developing yourself and doing that with a community and with guidance, head on over to programs.howtobeamotherfuckinglegend.com and we got you. Until next time, peace.